Welcome to this episode of Tell Me More with Dr. Dennis Wiles. We are now in Missions Month, as we call it, at First Baptist. And so this episode, we're introing missions, our history of missions, and also just grappling with the harder questions of missiology globally. So stay tuned, listen in, and we're glad you're here. Hi, welcome to this episode of Tell Me More. I'm here with Dr. Dennis Wiles. I'm Kate, and it's actually Wednesday today because we were on a ministerial staff retreat with mm-hmm. our church mm-hmm. Monday through Tuesday, and here we are back on Wednesday. Right. And so, one, that was a good thing. Uh-huh. It's a good thing to get away with our people. Uh-huh. We realized at the retreat there were like seven or eight new people who had never been on retreat with us right. because this year we've added a lot uh-huh. to our fold. Really good. People who already feel to me like part of our world. Uh-huh. Luke, Brad, uh-huh. Tanner. Yeah. They don't seem new, Connor. but they are. Connor, uh-huh. oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So Tara, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be at the annual meeting of Texas Baptists next Monday and Tuesday. So, so you we'll might, to, we'll you the listener might get this a little late as yeah, well. We'll figure right. that out. Uh, but one thing I, I wanted to say is thanks to our producer, mm-hmm. Kyle mm-hmm. Judkins. And he, he produces this every week and does a great Rock job. star. Kyle. But here's my <laughs> confession, a little behind the scenes. He offered to take some of this equipment down and us record, mm-hmm. but we got so busy with our staff that mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to. Mm-hmm. So our good friend Kyle, and he did this with joy in his heart, but toted all this stuff That's to right. Riverbend. That's right. What do you go, Kyle? What do you give some clap? Let's clap for Kyle. Oh, okay, okay hold gonna, on. How do you hold do on. it? You know which one He's it is? labeled them, so I need to get Let's this go. right. Yeah, there you go. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's enough. Uh, but we are grateful for all the people behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. for this one, Kyle really comes mm-hmm. through for us. So appreciate it. So, okay, well, we have finished First Corinthians. We did. And I think we finished well mm-hmm. in here. You're going to wrap up the Wednesday Bible study. Then we'll be completely done mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. And the preaching, mm-hmm. I, I just think it was a good series for Me our too. church. But another good series for our church that we're hit, hitting off is Missions Month, what we, what we call Missions Month. That's right. Which is these three weeks in November mm-hmm. leading up to Advent. Mm-hmm. And the theme for that is... Reclaim. Reclaim. Mm-hmm. God's reclamation. Mm-hmm. Is that the idea mm-hmm. of what's yep. rightfully his? Correct. And you're doing excerpts from Luke. Mm-hmm. We'll walk through Sunday Luke morning. Mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. Reading through the book of Acts in our daily Bible readings. Yes. But Sunday morning is the focus. Which, uh, by the way, Luke, Luke wrote that. Mm-hmm. Luke yes, wrote Acts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wrote both. We, scholars say. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's probably true. So, well, uh, the sermon, and we can get into it. Uh, I enjoyed it. One, from a, you said some people came up to you and just said, I didn't know our church did all this, mm-hmm. and it because it was kind of at least the first half of walking through mm-hmm. what we what we've done, mm-hmm. and now what we do in mm-hmm. terms of global engagement. Mm-hmm. And right. so, for a lot of our people that are just kind of average attenders, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to catch all that. Right. Another mm-hmm. thing is our interactive missions lounge, missions immersion. Mm-hmm. Which is in the Charlie Hamill Welcome Center right mm-hmm. now does a very good job mm-hmm. explaining so good what we do have done want to do aspire to be mm-hmm. so if you can physically get to our campus man please do come mm-hmm. walk through that on Wednesdays or Sundays mm-hmm. and then we have it online at, at fbca.org/hello they have kind of some broken down pieces of that if you can't get up up here do okay. that so I there, didn't, there's I didn't my plug that. yes Great. it's got a lot of the videos and the okay. content mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. good yeah so for, I'll it, check that out something for everybody <laughs> <laughs> it's good so. <laughs> Okay, well, assuming you've listened to the sermon, I'm going to hop into a few things that I thought maybe you could tell us more about. Mm-hmm. That is the name of the podcast. Let's so, do it. The first thing was our missions history at the church. Mm-hmm. That 
you walked through many, many parts of it, mm-hmm. from the organization of a cooperative program back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. to us starting to send our own missionaries mm-hmm. or cross-cultural workers, as we call them. Correct. But of all those eras that we did, local and global mission, is there a certain one that sticks out to you that's maybe even like a fan favorite for you that <laughs> means a lot? I have speculation, but what would you say to that? Well, first I would say that I'm very honored to be the pastor of this church. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. And I would say I'm proud of First Baptist Arlington in the right sense of, the, of mm-hmm. that word uh, for responding during these various eras to the missional challenge of that era. And so I think as you look back over the seasons of missional challenge our church has faced, um, I believe it has stepped up to the plate, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, embraced its era, which I think is a healthy sign. It also reminds us that we still have work to do. So we we're responsible for this era. And mm. so um, I'm very proud of each one of those decisions, whether it was to move to our current location or to, you know, to get engaged in a broader um, denominational family mm-hmm. and get connected missionally. Or um, there were other things we did. And I just, Sunday morning was a brief skeleton yes. excerpt, not yes. exhaustive. Was but, there anything <clears throat> that you left out that you think yeah. for our listeners to be interesting? Well, I think that our calling to the border you know, um, mm-hmm. has been a big part of who our church is. We didn't really talk much about it Sunday morning, but yeah. we've had a lot of people in this church through the years, still to this day, that go to the border um, and engage in some um, uh, incredible m- missional efforts. Some of it has to do with just just justice, you know, mm-hmm. feeling called to minister to these immigrants, but also Prior to that, actually making our way into the northern part of Mexico to some really impoverished areas. There right. are a lot of folks that have done that. So mm-hmm. I didn't really talk about that Sunday, but I still – I might have mentioned it. But, I mean, the one I'm most connected to, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously Mission Arlington, Dr. Wade started Mission Arlington. But you and Cindy came uh, – I mean, I think this is what you're going to say. Y'all came with a burden on your heart we and did. a calling to a people – that's right. And it's now kind of infused into our, you know, 20 right. years later. That's right. Is that what you were going to do? I teed it. you up. So yes, what is your, is what, what is one that's close to your heart? <laughs> well, when, when we decided that we would take a more, um, a, a deeper personal responsibility for the Great Commission, and that meant training and sending our own workers, adopting a people group, uh, engaging in um, some really hard to reach places in our world. And so for a local church to take that on and for our missiology to mature enough and for us to then be able to build an infrastructure that mm-hmm. can support that calling, I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that we're sending church mm-hmm. and so that we've established these global centers around the world. It's taken us a long time to get to that point mm-hmm. strategically, but that's where we are. And but, I believe it's of God. Yeah. And um, I, I love it. I'm very proud of our church for doing that. And yeah. I would say outside <clears> looking <throat> in, I mean, I'm not day-to-day involved in mm-hmm. that. I think it's maybe at the health, one of the healthiest places mm-hmm. it's been. Mm-hmm. Thanks to a lot of hard work from a lot of people. Correct. It know. is. And it just put us in a, you know, puts you in a very um, challenging place in some ways because you're, you know, you are working cross-culturally in areas that, that are very difficult mm-hmm. to reach. Yeah. And so there are many obstacles that are spiritual, I would say satanic even, mm. but also just pragmatic. You know, unreached peoples are unreached for Multiple reasons. <laughs> There's a reason they're unreached. Yeah. And so they're not the convenient. That, yeah. That we're engaging in that is, is something that I'm very proud of and mm-hmm. grateful for. And and we've established beachheads of ministries and churches, planted churches, and we have believers in every one of these global centers. And so we've penetrated the darkness mm-hmm. in various places. And that's very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of 
First Baptist Arlington for that and for yeah. their willingness to take some risks and do something that we historically have not done, uh, at least globally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now it's just become a part of, of who we are. Yeah. It's in our DNA now. So I love that. There's a lot to be proud of. Mm-hmm. And you're right to say there's a lot that you inherited mm-hmm. before you got here. Oh, my here. goodness. Uh, just generations Seriously. of faithful people. Yeah, you're standing on some really broad shoulders here in this place. Mm-hmm. It can be humbling. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, it's helpful to, if you're just attending or learning mm-hmm. about our church, that's mm-hmm. a really helpful walk through. Mm-hmm. So if you need to go back and listen to that, a reminder mm-hmm. that that's online mm-hmm. and you can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of went into, I, I think, a, a pretty foundational, pretty fundamental like mm-hmm. this is our message. This mm-hmm. is our method, and this is the mission. <laughs> and so, don't miss it. You know, right. and it's probably things that you've peppered in sermons, mm-hmm. but you spelled it out quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I would like you to tell us more about, mm-hmm. if you're willing, mm-hmm. is when you talked about the message. The mm-hmm. message that we want to proclaim mm-hmm. is that the kingdom of God has arrived, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that was that the way Correct. you would word it? Mm-hmm. Kingdom of God is here. The kingdom mm-hmm. of God is here, mm-hmm. and we talk. And I know you've preached on it quite a bit. I'm not sure in here we've really unpacked it though. That this term that, that we refer to as inaugurated eschatology. Mm-hmm. So you say the kingdom of God has arrived, mm-hmm. but I look around and see brokenness, <laughs> hurt, pain, right. obvious signs that there is no kingdom of God mm-hmm. reigning here mm-hmm. in these pockets. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean the kingdom of God has arrived, mm-hmm. and what does it look like when the kingdom of God really arrives mm-hmm. in this future, which we just talked about in First Corinthians? Right. So mm-hmm. will you tell us more about what, how we reconcile all mm-hmm. that? Yes, thank you. I mean, just well, just imagine how bad it would be if the kingdom of God were not present. So think of it that way. Um, there's a, there is a little, no doubt. A little sad. I'm getting a little sad here in the podcast studio. <laughs> I mean, no, and, so, and certainly I don't want to mm-hmm. argue that there mm-hmm. there aren't glimpses of right, really of course, good. But you're really right. Good. I mean, we we live in a, in in the, a very real world. We do. But that's the message of Jesus. You know, in Mark's gospel, Jesus says to um, that the kingdom of God. He says is near, or which I think is a, is a way of saying the kingdom of God has now come. Mm-hmm. Then he says, "Repent and believe the good news." So, in other words, it's good news mm-hmm. that the kingdom has arrived. Mm-hmm. And we, and, we've talked in here lately about the good news. That's right, and that yeah. the kingdom of God is at the heart of Jesus' teaching in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matthew is very Jewish in his orientation, and so. He he demonstrates the Jewish reticence of using the name of God. So mm. often in Matthew's gospel, the, the his parlance would be kingdom of heaven. And that's because he doesn't want to just throw right. around. Uh-huh. The, the, okay. He's trying to um, pay attention to his audience. Got and it. Uh, you're not to be flippant with the name of God, you know, as, as among Jews for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but when Jesus says the kingdom of God, at one point he even says in Luke's gospel, the kingdom of God is in your midst, or even you could translate that within you. Mm-hmm. So I think there's kind of a double meaning in that the idea that the kingdom of God is the reign of God in the heart of a human being. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's way more expansive than that. It's the kingdom of so God. So it's not just God's, in my personal decision right. or my heart. God's reign on this earth. And so when Jesus arrives, he, that's the announcement he makes in his public ministry. Then he spends his life as an adult teaching, preaching, and giving us glimpses of the kingdom of God and what it looks like and how it's supposed to break into the darkness of our world. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at um, the scripture's take on, on time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned time, which is in, yeah. you could tell us more about that too. Yeah, when you, yeah. when you think, about, think about time, I think the scripture teaches us that there are two great ages, if you will. One of those is this present evil age, and the mm-hmm. other one is the age to come. Mm-hmm. 
And the message from Jesus is that that age to come, that's the kingdom of God. It is now here. It is already interrupted this time. It's intersected this present evil age. Mm -hmm. And so there are now glimpses of the kingdom of God present here on this earth, even though obviously it has not been fully consummated. Which when Jesus came, he began that that's era. right jesus brings that initiates that mm-hmm. it's the new covenant and announces era it, like you announces were just talking it about. in yeah. his sermons and he how many times do you read in the, in the synoptic gospels jesus will say you know the kingdom of god's like this mm-hmm. well, the kingdom of god's He's like trying that. to help us understand it and when you see this this is the kingdom of god um and then the sermon on the mount here here is what kingdom people do mm. here's how they live kind of life in the kingdom right and so you're you're living your life in this present evil age i mean you got multiple images mm-hmm. the narrow way if you want to call it that that's one of them that Jesus uses. But all of that to me is illustrative of the kingdom of God. And even after he's resurrected from the dead in the book of Acts, in Acts 1, Luke tells us, and he continued to teach the disciples about the kingdom of God um, post-resurrection, prior to his ascension. So it's at the heart of the message of, of Jesus. And so the kingdom of God implies several things, that there is a realm, hmm. if you will, in which you can exist and yeah. it has a king. What does kingdom imply, you know? right, so, in general? Um, hmm. And so Jesus has announced that it is now here. And uh, so um, I think the kingdom of God is is a present, current reality, and the glimpses of it we still see. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere there's goodness and transformation and flir- human flourishing in, in a godly sense, in a Christ-like manner. Well, those are examples of the kingdom of God breaking through, mm-hmm. the healing that God brings to people's lives and their being set free from the chains of their own sinfulness or mm-hmm. their own addictions or their own limitations as human beings. When God breaks through and sets us free from those kinds of things, those are places where the kingdom now has broken through. And so I see the church, uh, churches as, as colonies of heaven, if you will. We're, we're to be examples of the kingdom of God on mm-hmm. this earth so that the world can see it. And um, so it's, it's powerful imagery. So when we go to other cultures, we're not there to take them our culture. That, mm-hmm. That's not what this is. You know, anthropologists sometimes like to critique missiology and, mm-hmm. and missionaries. Um, but and, and there has been— It's like colonization. Uh, yeah. I mean, they kind of put those together, yeah, right? You know, you're kind of advancing a Western culture, which mm-hmm. is quite fascinating because Christianity in its heart is Eastern, not Western. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so, um, you know, Jesus lived his entire life in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so it has Eastern roots, and, and it spread throughout the Eastern Empire, um, you know, Bithynia, Asia Minor, Turkey, all of that, what we would call Turkey. Way before it made its way into the West, mm-hmm. and so it has an um, yeah. Eastern reality. But now to most it. of the people, at least perception, mm-hmm. going that's right, are these yeah. well the Western the, Christians yeah, and the negative <clears throat> perception of it outside mm-hmm. looking in. Right. These kind of mm-hmm. white savior like, will go that's teach right. them how to live. And 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 I think the modern missionary movement, you know, emerges uh, with William Carey, mm-hmm. and so white he's guy. a British white person and he's going to go into uh, what you would consider an eastern place you know mm-hmm. if you go into india um obviously that that had this sense of of a, a western mindset being introduced into an eastern culture and unfortunately it is also associated with colonialism because mm-hmm. england of course colonized part of the world and so you have this mixture if you will of of what really is being promoted. However, in our best moments and what we're really intending to do, we're not going to places in the world to plant Western culture. That that's not it. That's mm-hmm. too um surface um to me. That yeah. that's really not the issue. We're not there to replace a culture. We're there to introduce the news. And the news is the kingdom of God has come. Mm-hmm. And it will take on its own reality in every culture. And I think we have 
now in this modern era have done a more thoughtful job. Maybe. Absolutely. What stays, what goes. You got How it. do you, right. I mean, we have some complicated scenarios. We do. We've talked about it in mm-hmm. our West Africa. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you go into a village that has polygamy? Right. Mm-hmm. If you were to have a very strict view of mm-hmm. what what, what it looks like for them to follow Jesus right. in that way. Mm-hmm. So what we try to do they is. They betray their wives and they die. Right. I mean, exactly. So when you, you know, this methodology in Luke 10, Jesus says you go and you find that person of peace. Mm-hmm. And then that's. That's where you settle in because that that shows you God was there before you got there, <laughs> and he's paving a path. And so we've learned through the years to trust our indigenous partners. They're the people of peace that we encounter and engage in. And then as quickly as possible, we hand the strategy to mm-hmm. them, and then we become more of a support. And that, be, that right. may be the biggest difference. Right. You know, we're not looking to be the— face of it. That's correct. We're looking to We're working resource, really hard. Empower. Yes, you got it. And our indigenous leaders, they are the ones on the ground that help um, shape us yeah. and form us. And, and, we, our tr- and we trust them by mm-hmm. now. I mean, mm-hmm. been there 10 years. Well, That's 10 right. years with Gabe and Seda. That's right. Longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, um, and so I think the proof's in the pudding. If you go and look at, at our work in various places in the world, I, I believe, um, in fact, I know, I don't just believe it, I know you're not going to find uh, examples of us establishing a Western mindset or a Western culture. That's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are announcing the kingdom mm-hmm. and allowing the kingdom to advance in that culture, however it advances. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so the, um, you know, we're not, we're not asking, uh, or, you know, Christians in these places when they become believers to just translate our songs and sing them, mm-hmm. put their own, you know, translation of what we've done. They write their own music. You know, they help us translate the scripture into their languages. Um, they pastor the churches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They help us sort through where to even go and why and where the people of peace are. And so the Lord has just provided us with some incredible indigenous partners mm. in these various places. It sounds a little bit like when when Paul was talking about you don't have to convert to Judaism before you convert, like mm-hmm. the Gentiles. That's right. You don't have to get circumcised That's right. to become a Christian. That's right. You know, yeah. where you maybe might, maybe a hundred years yeah. ago when <laughs> yeah. we were trying to do this, yeah. maybe in Western, mm-hmm. you might have they might have thought you need to convert to Western mm-hmm. Christianity, take mm-hmm. on all these traits, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. I mean, right. khaki pants, whatever. Right. Then you can become Christian. Mm-hmm. I think we've maybe mm-hmm. matured mm-hmm. in our missiology right. beyond that. Absolutely. So, and I'm proud of that mm-hmm. for our church because the method. I mean the me- the message. Um, it's an unchanging message. Mm-hmm. It is you know that that Christ has come, and He has lived, and He has died, and He's been raised from the dead, and He has established an entire new movement, mm-hmm. and it is connected to the scriptures that we would call the Old Testament. It's the fulfillment of them, and it's the launching of a new era. So e- even even when you know Jesus is is instituting the Lord's Supper, He says, "This is the blood of the new covenant." I mean, he uses that new kingdom kind of language. He tells us to pray when we're praying, you know, to the, ask God for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, mm-hmm. just as it is in heaven. So he's mm-hmm. asking us to even pray for the kingdom of God to be placed here on this earth. So, yeah, that's that's really the heart of our message. And at the at the core of that certainly is the person of Jesus. He is the one who has established the kingdom of God. He is the central person. And so we're followers of Jesus. And uh, we're followers of his message and his way of living, and uh, we plan to follow him for eternity. So, hmm. And he's good everywhere. He's good in every culture. He's good for all time, for all people. Period. Period. End it. Okay, podcast over. No, just kidding. <laughs> Mic drop. One, one quick question, really. 
inaugurated eschatology mm-hmm. as a term. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that newer? About it. So, well, no, you, you um, described it all. That's yeah, just more. it's just it's, so. In other words, in in the Greek New Testament, um, Greek's a very precise language. It's very robust, which is one of the things I appreciate about it, and I think it's actually why I think the New Testament was written in Greek because it gives God an expansive mm-hmm. vocabulary. It was strategic. Am I saying that correctly? But <laughs> vocabulary for us yeah, to but hear it can be precise revelation, and, and, right? Yeah. So time. We basically have one word for it, and the Greeks have multiple words mm-hmm. for it. And so one of those is chronos time, which is measured time. And that's like what's time, on my watch, right? right. Yep. You know, what time is it? Mm-hmm. Kairos time, which is more purposeful, meaningful. The time was just right. Uh-huh. Like know, a big event. Came, just the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's eschatos, which is the end time, the mm-hmm. last days. Mm-hmm. And so um, at Pentecost, when um, when the, the disciples are gathered after the ascension and they're waiting Jesus told them to wait. Mm-hmm. Power will be given to you. My spirit will be poured out upon you. Well, that happens. The spirit of God is poured out on that band of followers there in Jerusalem. And the next thing you know, the tongues of fire are resting mm-hmm. upon them. And the, there's this rushing wind. And, and they begin proclaiming the good news and declaring it in languages in which they weren't trained. Mm-hmm. So you had people from Jews there from across the ancient world who said we're puzzled because we're hearing these messages in our own languages. And we know these men aren't trained. These men and women aren't trained. H- how is that? Well, it's, it's, it's the reversal of the Tower of Babel, if you will, where mm-hmm. humanity was dispersed. Now God's saying, I'm going to draw them all together with this good news. And so Peter is watching all that. And he says, you know what this, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. This is Joel, the, the, the Old Testament prophet Joel in the last days in the eschaton. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Mm-hmm. You'll see visions, have dreams. In other words, you're going to be empowered by the spirit, which is also connected to the new covenant promise in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And so all that merges together. And, and so Peter announces it. It's the, it's the eschaton. It's eschatology. In other words, it's the end. Mm-hmm. The end time has started. And so that's inaugurated eschatology. In mm-hmm. other words, it has begun but it's not fully realized and consummated eschatology. In other words, we've inaugurated this, or Jesus has, and now he's given us his spirit. And so the end time, the age to come, has begun. It's mm-hmm. been inaugurated, mm-hmm. and we have been empowered to live in it. Now, that means that this age to come is now reality, but it's not completely filled mm-hmm. and consummated. So consequently, we still have death and violence and abuse, and and uh, we still fall short of the glory of God because sin is still present. Mm-hmm. However, we're moving toward a time where it will be fully realized eschatology, where the end time will be consummated with the return of Christ, mm-hmm. and and then it will be fully manifested. Mm-hmm. It won't just be glimpses. Mm-hmm. It'll be true human flourishing and the greatest meaning of that word and true fulfillment of the presence of God. There will, no, there will be no more temple, as John mm-hmm. said. We won't need a temple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everywhere will, God will be present. We'll yep. all be manifested or he'll be manifested in all of us. So um, so yeah, inaugurated eschatology is a, is a theological term that just means the kingdom of God has begun. Mm-hmm. And that means the end of time has already started. The present age is coming to an end and the age to come has already been mm-hmm. launched. There's like an overlap. Mm-hmm. Already, and but, it's also, already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. As N.T. Wright may and have coined. And it's good yeah. news is what it is. And it's very good Really news. good news. Well, and it's, yeah, it, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And I hope we believe it because mm-hmm. that's what we get to be a part of mm-hmm. in this present age. Amen. Okay, well, we had a listener send in a question, mm-hmm. which I'm always um, 
humbled by, sure. which means they're listening mm-hmm. and paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so a really thoughtful question of, right. that coming out of the text in Luke 10 about, mm-hmm. and I, I apologize, I don't know, mm-hmm. I haven't looked it up, yep. but it's the idea mm-hmm. that, that God sends his message out. Mm-hmm. He wants people to go spread mm-hmm. the news, yep. but there mm-hmm. are... There's a, a choosing language, mm-hmm. which can, you know, we mm-hmm. don't, we mm-hmm. that aren't. Right. Here's, that, what, here's what it says. Okay, hit me with it. All things have been, this is verse 22 of okay, Luke okay, 10, okay, okay. Jesus, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal there Him. There you go. Which, mm-hmm. if we as a church aren't big predestination right. people, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a diverse we do. body, but most we of do. the senior sure. staff, mm-hmm. we don't believe that. So what do you do with that? But mm-hmm. then that, that there are so many questions that come below that, mm-hmm. that hook onto that. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I mean, it's, it's a very popular question for good reason. Mm-hmm. What about people who have never heard? Mm-hmm. And how does the grace of God mm-hmm. and the justness of mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. play in with all that? Right. So can you unpack that for mm-hmm. us a little bit? It's a big question, but it's it th- something that we all have to grapple mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. when we talk about the mission of God in right. the world. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it is a big question, and I understand it's it's filled with complexity for sure. And so when we talk about it, I would tell you that we, we talk about it in serious tones and it's and it's tinged with with some grief mm-hmm. because we know that God loves everybody. We know that the scripture teaches, teaches us it is not God's will that anyone perish, but that everyone find eternal life, what the mm-hmm. Bible says. And uh, we know that God's created every human being in his own image who has, so that means they all have the capacity to know him, to relate to him, to experience him. It also means they're going to live forever. And there's a part of us that connects us to the Lord that makes mm-hmm. us different than the rest of creation. And so what do you do when you read a text like that? Does that mean that Jesus only reveals some um, who God is? Mm-hmm. Is he choosing some and then choosing others to not receive that message? Right. I don't – let me say this. I think we've got to square this with Scripture that's easier to comprehend. Okay. So in Smaller John bites. 12 – Jesus says, if the Son of Man be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto myself. Yes. And so the Son of Man was lifted up on the cross. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And so he's drawn all men to himself just through the very act of his crucifixion and his story. Mm -hmm. So his story, this good news, is has already occurred. And so the drawing is there for everybody. So who does he choose to reveal himself to? Everybody. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. Everybody who can who can hear this. Then he tells us to go and tell everybody, mm-hmm. go and make sure you go to all the nations. Uh, the ends of the earth is the language that's used in the commission from Jesus. So we have people today who live in places that are hard to reach, who have not yet gained access to the, to the gospel, to the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so the, the church has the burden of taking the gospel to the world. That's our job. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that I would tell you that those who are unreached, um, that they um, – um, aren't just automatically saved and granted eternal life, is that, why, why, first of all, why would Jesus tell us to go and tell them if there was no need to tell them? Mm-hmm. Second, if there was another way to God, then why did Jesus die on the cross? Mm-hmm. And third, if we go there and we tell them and they reject him, well, then we know for sure that they're doomed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, they're better off if we don't go. They're better off if we don't if if we think if, if mm-hmm. we think that mm-hmm. they're okay that somehow they're going to be granted special dispensation that grace right without Christ then we're better off to not go I have a hard time squaring that right. with Jesus telling us to go and tell mm-hmm. everybody 
So I would say a couple things about that. First of all, it grieves me and it's something that I've taken seriously. And so many years ago um, at Southwestern Seminary, I was in a worship service and um, we were, uh, a missionary was speaking and um, I don't remember what the missionary said, but we had the, the, the former president of the, of the IMB gave the invitation and he just said, um, I want to ask you, those of you that will give your life to the Great Commission and will do your best wherever you happen to serve to make sure that this gospel will actually go to the ends of the earth. I'm actually going to come forward and just commit your life to it. Well, I did that day. And so I've committed my life to this. One of the reasons that our church has adopted the sending model and that we've also chosen, I believe being led by the Spirit of God, to go to some of the unreached peoples mm -hmm, of the world mm -hmm. is to fulfill that promise that I made to God uh, many years ago to participate in personally in the Great Commission, partnering with many others because we know we can't do it by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we partner with Great Commission groups all over the world to get this gospel to the ends of the earth. And and so I'm committed to it, and I grieve when I think of those who have not yet had a chance to hear. I would say the second thing about that is I trust God. Mm -hmm. I'm not God. And so my mind can't really comprehend how all of this works and I think it's okay to ask these questions, but at the end of the day, I don't believe that Jesus has chosen some for eternal life and some for eternal damnation. Mm -mm. I don't believe that. That would be double predestination. Correct. I'm not a proponent of that. No. Um, and <clears throat> but I, I respectfully disagree with with my more reformed brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who lean much harder in the direction of of the of God's. Um, predestination uh, or his predestining will and him mm -hmm. choosing those for eternal salvation mm -hmm. for his glory. Mm -hmm. um, um, I don't believe that. I believe that the Son of Man draws all people to himself. Yep. And so I think whosoever will will be saved. I think the gospels will be proclaimed to everybody and everybody has the chance to respond to it in mm -hmm. their own language, their own heart language, if you will. And so it behooves me to be a part of the movement that's taken this gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that as long as I have capability mm -hmm. because I believe it's fulfilling what Jesus commanded us to do. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I want to celebrate and proclaim the Son of Man and give him the opportunity to draw people to himself when people hear this message. Mm -hmm. And that's a good um, fuel mm -hmm. for us to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although uncomfortable. It is. I don't like it. It's hard. But it's I don't really have to hard. like it. That's right. I mean, so when you go to – like I've been to unreached people's. Personally, um, I have been to some places in the world where the gospel is brand new, just mm -hmm. first time proclaimed. And um, um, so we have sat and visited with with people to explain to them this good news. And we've had some who've received it. We've had others who've rejected it. Um, but what I have discovered is, is that it, get, it gets a hearing everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere I've ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in some remote villages in West Africa with the Fulani people. Mm -hmm. Um, people who never heard um, have a little. They have a little bit of an introduction to what we would call folk Islam. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's the kind of thing where they kind of combine their African traditionalism, if you will, with an with an Islamic core, so to speak. But a but a pure uh, Muslim would reject much of <laughs> what's promoted in those villages, even though they're Islamic. Because they do allow so much of their African traditionalism to to, to mm -hmm. somehow bleed mm -hmm. into what they do, 
But even in those villages, in those settings where the the proclamation of Jesus and who Jesus is is brand new, it's gained a fair hearing. And we've had believers, we've had people give their lives to Jesus in every one of those places we've been so far. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good news. It's good seed. It bears fruit when it's planted. Mm -hmm. And so we are trying to get as many gospel seeds planted in those places in the world as we can. Mm -hmm. I would say to that a couple things. One, if you can get to our Welcome Home Center Mm -hmm. or our Charlie Hamill Welcome Center, Mm -hmm. sorry, there's an immersive virtual reality experience that last time our group went to Sierra Leone, Mm -hmm. I think last time, Mm -hmm. they recorded with a special camera for us, mm-hmm. this kind of virtual reality experience. Mm-hmm. And so you can put a headset on and mm-hmm. see what it's like right. to go into those remote villages. Awesome. And it is. It helps us understand just mm-hmm. the day-to-day life mm-hmm. and the struggle and what it is. Mm-hmm. And so but that's just an invite. Come do mm-hmm. that. That, mm-hmm. that was They made me do it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's immersive. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And it, mm-hmm. But it helps you identify with mm-hmm. what we're doing. Well, you know, for me, the first time I ever went to Africa uh, was back in the 90s, early 90s, I guess. And uh, I was um, – I was in Spain, and um, I rode a ferry and crossed over the Strait of Gibraltar went, um, and went into the northern part of Morocco. And uh, so it was my first time to set foot on the African continent. Mm. And we were with some workers there. And uh, so we ended up in um, the spiritual capital of Morocco is a, is a town called Fez. Okay. And it's one of the oldest mosques in Africa is there. It dates back to the 11th century. Went and visited that mosque. Um, you know, the little the little hat, the Fez hat uh-huh. comes from that town. Okay. Are they and, everywhere? Uh, they're everywhere. Okay. And, um, and so uh, we had some conversations with some workers there. And, um, <clears throat> and so one morning, uh, it was the day we were getting ready to leave, and I, I just happened to wake up early that morning. And... Um, went out in time to see the sunrise. Mm-hmm. So I went out on a very busy street. The street was already teeming with life early that morning. The sun was just coming up. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked, at, I was at this intersection, and there were vehicles already beginning to, you know, make their way through the city. And and there were men who were already gathering at some of the outdoor cafes. The women don't do that. They're just the men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I looked down one street, and I saw all these men you know, gathered for coffee and tea mm-hmm. uh, with friends, colleagues, and looked down another street, same thing, looked down another street, the same thing, another street, the same thing, and vehicles everywhere, and and the sun's just coming up, and, and I, I stood there for a moment, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I wonder how many Christians there are within my eyesight right now mm-hmm. in this very ancient city in North Africa, mm-hmm. and... um and so it it felt to me like um, there would have only been a handful, and I probably was not actually looking at another Christian mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I I made a recommitment to the Lord there on that corner that I would continue to give my life so that that would not be the truth about any intersection in the world, mm-hmm. regardless of where it was. Mm-hmm. That there would be ample opportunity for people to hear this good news that I have received. And that God would use me to proclaim it. And so, you know, I sometimes whenever I see the sun setting or the sun rising, I think about that moment mm. where I felt that um, incredible burden, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. of the peoples of the world and how they need to hear this good news. Mm. So um, it's with me every day. So I've never yeah. forgotten it. A good word. Mm-hmm. 
I, say, I would say a good word to end on, except I have a little bit more that I want to. Mm-hmm. I, I think as we talk about this, it just reminds me if this is is this becomes like a just a just a theological question for us. Mm-hmm. I think my invitation for people will be to lean in and participate in mm-hmm. it, and I think that might help us. Mm-hmm. Clarify mm-hmm. how we feel toward it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And not and not to say it's certainly not the person who sent me this question. That's mm-hmm. not armchair quarterbacking. Right, They're no. engaged. Absolutely. But I think if if I get too heady about some things, mm-hmm. then maybe sign up for one of the mission trips right. or the cross cultural mm-hmm. exposure. On the plow. Yeah, right. and it does seem to clarify mm-hmm. and help bring a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just becomes less existential, correct, and more mm-hmm. practical. Absolutely. So what we're doing with our life, mm-hmm. not just a mm-hmm. Bible study. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're listening mm-hmm. and thinking, eh, this, I'm kind of getting, mm-hmm. it's getting muddled mm-hmm. for me. I'd say, well, we have all these cross-cultural trips. Sign up for one. Mm-hmm. Just come get exposed mm-hmm. to it and, mm-hmm. and bring your questions. Mm-hmm. But you might, God might mm-hmm. bring some clarity. And it can be very humbling. You, you, and then you get connected to the grand story. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you you find yourself personally yeah. all of a sudden living in mm-hmm. it. You know, when I was one years ago, I was in Bangladesh, and um, you know, William Carey, you know, made mm-hmm. his way 1790. You know, he's to to um, India and and uh, you know, Kerry was a part of translating the scripture into thirty six different languages, which is remarkable if mm-hmm. you think about it. Yeah. And uh, one of those is the Serampore translation of the of the scripture. And so here I am, all these years later, and and I'm leading a small conference for a group of pastors um, who were Bengali, and um, they were former Muslims. Mm-hmm. All of them had been persecuted for their faith, their conversion. They all had physical scars. Mm-hmm. We shared. We had a, we had a time where they shared. You know what what had happened to them, um, and you know I'm I'm sitting there with my translator, uh, trying to come up with just one thing that's ever cost me. You know, and mm-hmm. where these men, this is just their life, and so I was very humbled by that. But then second, they said we want you to teach us First Peter. You mm-hmm. know, and we would like for you to explain to us your understanding of First Peter and let us dialogue with you. I said okay. So we sat down, and every one of them opened their Bibles, and every one of them had William Carey's translation mm. of the New Testament from, in their hands from that long ago, seventeen hundred. Right. And so I, hmm. I felt like there I was, this, you know, um, pastor from America, um, sitting in a remote village in Bangladesh, and enjoying the fruit of the labor of a fellow believer many, many, many years ago who mm-hmm. faced great hardships. And um, and the fact that that his contribution to the modern mission movement, I was getting to enjoy the benefit of it, mm-hmm. you know, alongside these brothers, and um, so it was very humbling to mm-hmm. think, okay, you know, you're you're in a line here of some great people who've invested their whole lives in this, and mm-hmm. so the mission calling is pretty deeply embedded inside of me for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And so um and I've always struggled, you know, with with the calling to be a missionary or, or a pastor and uh, it's a struggle Cindy and I had, you mm-hmm. know, in seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came there really to be missionaries. And uh we 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 went through the appointment process twice with the IMB, you know, to be missionaries and um mm-hmm. and for multiple reasons um it just seemed like the Lord was leading us to do this. Um, but it's even after all these years and and the the certainty that I feel most days um to do what I do and believe God has gifted me and called me to do it, there's still this nagging um question that I always have mm-hmm. that kind of I grapple with some and it and it it's it, some seasons it's more prominent than others um is you know. 
Okay. What do I what do I what am I supposed to do with that as well? Is there something else that God's going to have me do at some point in my life that's more directly missional? I don't mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. it's it's always something that's kind of lurking in the background. It's it's in the HVAC system mm-hmm. of my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, and so as best I know, um, I have felt like the Lord has led me to do this that I'm doing, and that, that in some small way, I am participating in this grand endeavor, not necessarily living cross culturally, but but fueling these efforts through the giftedness He's given me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be less than honest if I didn't admit that there's still always, uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a, a little insect fluttering uh-huh, around in the light, stirring. you know, mm-hmm. occasionally that says, well, what about you? You know, mm-hmm. what about you? And so, mm-hmm. you know, who knows how that plays out one day right. in my life. But well, I'd say this as, is what I do now. As a church member and, of course, on staff, mm-hmm. I think we like that. Mm-hmm. I think we like that you're always kind of investigating that mm-hmm. and that you're never too far from the call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's tense yeah. in y'all's life, mm-hmm. I think it serves us well. Mm-hmm. So, kind of is what it is. It's who you are, mm-hmm. and it's what you bring to us, and mm-hmm. we're grateful for that. So, <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to talk to people about? About well, just know, this first? I, yeah, I, I would say that just for our church members, Luke ten. Just so you know, modern missiologists turn to this page often, mm-hmm. looking for strategy because this is Jesus. You know, you say, okay. Uh-huh. And he's sending. <laughs> I mean, right. it's, yep. What did yep. Jesus do? And so we look for clues. Now, you know, I don't know that we have to, uh, it's not like it's uh, um, something that we're, we feel like we're just, that it says everything we do methodologically, but it does reveal some things to us, mm-hmm. you know, about um, looking for that person of peace knowing that you're going in the power of the Spirit, knowing that you're proclaiming Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that that there are places that are closed. There mm-hmm. are places where you go and it just and instead of beating your head against the wall, pay attention, hear what the Lord is saying. If the Lord is saying, move on, move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and go out two by two. In other words, yeah. this is not a solo task. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this in partnership with people. Um, and then watch watch for what the Spirit of God does. And know that you're in a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And so our, our missiologists today still use Luke 10. Yeah, we haven't outgrown yeah. it. Mm-mm. No, it's it's what we turn to over and over again. And you can see why. There's mm-hmm. a lot in it. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so don't skip Luke 10. Right. Mm-hmm. And next week, we'll continue through Luke. We will. And then know, with a missional lens. Yeah, you think about um, um, what, what do we really believe about those who are lost? That's this coming Sunday. Mm. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. So, well, that'll be fun. And we'll find time to get in the podcast studio we will. for our people. We will. So, well, thank you, boss, for your time. Mm-hmm. And thank you, church, for listening in and caring about this. It's been fun for us. Amen. And we'll keep doing it. So, thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening.